Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I hope that each and every one of you is feeling hopeful and inspired as we enter a brand new month this week. Now, something that I want to touch base on before we jump into today's episode, which synchronistically is very much linked to today's topic as well, is that over the years, I have noticed that I tend to draw in a very particular group of individuals who I often refer to as my soul tribe. And this happens in my personal life, in my private practice, on social media, and especially on this podcast. And what I have noticed is that since we share a similar soul frequency, you guys hear and connect to the resonance of my messages very clearly. And because of that, most likely you are tuned into the same shifts that I noticed in the external world as well. So I thought moving forward, whenever I notice a very specific shift taking place, I may highlight it so that it's brought to everyone's general awareness. And this way you guys don't feel overwhelmed or alone by the more major energetic shifts that tend to take place collectively. And you can begin to recognize that we are all connected and after often transitioning through these things together. So with that, the most recent and potent shift that I noticed taking place collectively was that a lot of truths were being revealed about people's true nature and intentions. And over the past few months, there has been a big shift towards closing cycles that no longer serve us. So with that, you may be beginning to see things from a new perspective, and that often involves seeing people for who they truly are. And that includes people that you may have known for a very long time as well. So some of you may have noticed this in a more subtle way, while others may have noticed it in, in a more pronounced way. So with that, in today's episode, we are talking all about how to begin cultivating practices that will help you to live a more connected life. And as I mentioned last week, this week's episode is a continuation from last week's topic, which was titled The Rise of Indifference. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I do encourage you to take a listen to it as a prequel to this week's topic. So to start off, I want to share a quote by Oscar Wilde that I'm sure most of you have heard me reference in the past, which is, to live in this world is a rare thing. Most people merely exist. And this quote was stated back in 1891. And you can see how it's one of those timeless quotes. And I feel that it is very much, it will almost serve as a backbone to today's episode because today's topic is all about living a life that you feel truly connected to instead of one that is just passing you by. Now, before we get into the steps involved in living a connected life, I want to dissect this quote just a little bit so that we are all on the same page and recognize the importance of today's topic, especially given the current state of our world. Now, you guys know that I love my analogies. So to put it simply, living life would be jumping into the driver's seat of your car and driving towards your destined path. And originally I was going to say that existing would 
be the equivalent of sitting in the passenger seat, but I honestly, I find that for some people, existing doesn't even have a seat. It's almost like waiting at a train station, not knowing if the train will ever arrive or getting onto a train that finally does arrive with a big group of people and really just being present on that train while it goes around and around. uh, and And then you're told where to get off and where to get back on. So what ends up constraining most people into a life of existence is their concern with how they think they should be instead of listening to who they actually are at a soul level. So to distinguish between the two further, existing is getting up every single day and going through the motions of life that have been determined through social conditioning. So really it essentially ends up being you living a simulated life on autopilot that's very void of a sense of authentic self-expression, a sense of purpose, your passions or your mission versus to truly live a connected life means to be tuned into your inner guidance system with also a strong sense of meaning and direction in life whereby you embrace and connect to every experience whether it's good or bad because you recognize that collectively that's what makes you whole and helps you to reach the highest version of yourself so for today what i have done for you guys is i've compiled a list of some relevant suggestions that you can apply to your life that can help you to begin to connect to life at a deeper level Now, I've decided to take an outside-in approach, moving from, let's refer to it, the greater macrocosm towards our inner microcosm, and all of this will begin to make more sense as we cover each point. So the first step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is going back to the simplicity of life. Now, what I mean by this point is that if your focus and attention is scattered among many different things, it's really hard to truly connect to each thing on a meaningful and deep level. Because if you want to establish a sense of connection to life, you need to begin by connecting to every aspect of your life, not just one component of it. And you also need to begin to contemplate the root cause of what is overcomplicating your life in the first place, not just bypassing it. And what I mean by this is if you choose to remain plugged into social conditioning and think that you're saving yourself by meditating five to 10 minutes a day, you end up avoiding and not addressing the root of the problem and just placing a bandage on it temporarily. So something that is very relevant to our world today in terms of the complexity of life is people's obsession with over consumerism, which has created a lot of chaos in people's lives. And the more they buy, the less happy they are. So what I mean by simplicity is that you don't need as much as you think you need in the material world. You don't need to own a million pairs of shoes or clothing or cars or houses or makeup and skincare or whatever else it may be. Because what happens is when you own less, you appreciate more because everything has more meaning and value. It's not lost in the background and you begin to live more mindfully and aware of what your surroundings are composed of and what's present in your home and your space. So the best place to start is by decluttering your life and shifting your focus away from things that are unnecessarily draining your energy. And this can often look like 
not making as many commitments and knowing when to say no as well to help with that process of simplifying your life. And another point in terms of this idea of simplicity is unplugging from constant stimuli, which can include your phone, television, and computer. So maybe perhaps setting set times where you are avoiding your devices, or it could look like switching to listening to instrumental music so that you can really connect to the sound and not be distracted by the lyrics. So it's little implementations that you can make in in your life to help declutter your mind and your physical space as well. So other ways that you can begin to simplify your life is by putting yourself first, creating meaningful routines that speak to your true nature and not what you think you should be doing, but instead what you could be doing to bring more meaning to your life. So there are many different ways in which you can begin to simplify your life, and these are just some suggestions. The second step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is living in sync with nature. You guys have heard me reference this point in the past, but in order to live a connected life, you need to recognize the coherence that already exists among all living things. So in moving with the ebbs and flows of nature and universal energy, you are bridging the gap between yourself and everything else that is alive and in existence. And you can do this in many different ways, including caring for a plant, immersing yourself fully and freely into nature. And there's actually um, a Japanese practice that I believe is referred to as Shinrin-yuku, which translates into forest bathing, which pretty much means spend time in nature. It doesn't actually involve a bath, but metaphorically bathing yourself in the essence of nature by listening to the sounds around you, breathing in the scent of nature and being present and mindful. So you can see that this theme of mindfulness is repeating within all the different points so far. So another way that you can live in sync with nature is by eating seasonally, which is not only great for your physical health, but also your mental health. So you can begin to pay close attention to the cycles of the moon, if you like, for hints on when to initiate new projects and when to close off cycles. You can also live seasonally by tuning into the shifts in nature and understanding when to let go, when to rest, when to bloom, and when to express yourself. So continuing on from step two, the third step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is through establishing and connecting with your soul tribe and your life purpose. Now, this step is one of the more potent life-giving steps because really life comes down to our connection to others, our intentions in those connections, and how well we nurture those connections. Because the majority of the most essential human needs come down to our sense of connection to those around us, which often includes how well we feel loved, understood, respected, appreciated, and seen. And this all starts with asking yourself the following question, which is, are my relationships uplifting me or are they bringing me down? And once you have your answer, you can use your own personal discernment and determine which relationships you want to elevate and grow and which ones have really served their term and it's time to let go of. Because as most of you can agree, The times in your life that you felt the highest level of connection was when you connected with people that recognized you for who you were without you having to explain yourself. 
So these are the people that hear your unspoken words and simply show up to be with you and love you for who you are without trying to change you into something else. And I've also mentioned in the past that when you become clear on who you are and what you want in life, you naturally will draw in more of your soul tribe and people that you connect with on a much deeper level that maybe you haven't experienced or are even used to. The fourth step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is reflection. Reflection is such an important aspect towards living a meaningful life. And in my opinion, is the cornerstone of truly connecting to life. Because once you begin to reflect on your actions, your decisions, your purpose, and your life path, you will completely change the way in which you show up in life. And this is what takes you out of the train station and puts you in the driver's seat because you are engaging with life. So reflection can happen in many different ways. It can start with taking time to look back on, let's say the last year or five or even 10 years of your life to see how far you've actually come, how much you've grown, what you've let go of, where you have found peace and where you're even still continuing to struggle. So these are very profound realizations because they help you to navigate and redirect the trajectory of your life instead of just helplessly watching it pass you by. And once you begin to reflect on your life, you'll quickly realize that a life that is unexamined is a life that's truly void of meaning and growth. So don't be afraid to take some time to stand before your life and reflect looking back and remembering what you were like maybe five or 10 years ago and acknowledging the experiences that have shaped you so that you can begin to understand the lessons that you have learned because only you know how far you've traveled to be exactly where you are today. And through reflection, you will begin to recognize the power of time, the power of your decisions, the experiences that fueled your growth and the times where you felt like you were completely lost but in reflection, recognize that you were exactly where you needed to be at that time. So once reflection becomes a part of your natural flow, you can incorporate it more frequently and deliberately to course correct your life and make decisions that are relevant to the changing times and the uncertainty of life. The fifth step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is through clarity and direction. And as I mentioned last week, when your path is unclear, you will slowly begin to relinquish your power and become indifferent to the direction that your life is taking. So in order to begin to establish clarity in life, you need to determine your goals and what you want out of life. And once you have figured that part out, the most important question that you can ask is the why behind what is driving you towards achieving that goal in the first place, because that's when you determine whether it's something that you truly want yourself versus what others want for you. So you need a sense of clarity on what you hope to gain with the time that you have on earth. So stop looking to the outside world to see if other people are connecting to their mission and passions, because to be completely honest with you guys, some people will never even contemplate this question and are completely okay with staying plugged into their autopilot routine. So let go of comparison and what social standards have dictated for you as a step-by-step -step manual and instead follow your inner guidance and your North star. And for those of you who are unfamiliar 
familiar with this term, relatively speaking, the North Star is known for holding its position in the sky while the entire northern sky moves around it. So metaphorically, your North Star is your personal mission and purpose statement, essentially. It's the inner guidance system that you can depend on in your life as the world changes around you. The sixth step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is through living with intention. Now, what I mean by this is that the majority of your actions in life should be done with intention and purpose, not for the sake of doing it or because it's what everyone else is doing, but living life with intention is about knowing the meaning behind your actions. So what is the intention of you journaling or meditating or going out into nature? What is the intention behind any of the actions that you take in life? When you reach for social media or a podcast or a TV show, is it out of boredom? Is it to kill time? Is it a source of distraction? Is it just a habit? And also maybe contemplating on why you celebrate certain events. Do you understand the meaning behind them? Do you eat because it's lunchtime or because you're hungry? So really connection in and meaning go hand in hand. And if you want to live a connected life, you have to understand the meaning behind your actions and begin to cultivate a sense of clear intention behind everything that you do. The seventh step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is through embodiment. Now embodiment put simply means being present in your body and your senses. And to highlight the significance of this point for you guys, I want to share a couple of experiments that you can even look up yourselves if you like. So one experiment showed that the outcome of parole decisions made by judges differed depending on if it was just before their lunch breaks or the end of their day, where they would tend to deny parole more often Um, near the end of the day because a decision to grant parole requires more careful consideration and more energy. So you can see how our choices can change based on something as simple as being hungry or not hungry or even fatigued or energized. And another experiment showed hedge fund managers that were able to more accurately count their own heartbeats without touching their bodies were more successful traders, suggesting that Awareness of your body can be useful in high stress work situations because with awareness, you're able to physically and emotionally regulate yourself. So this is why embodiment is so important in that being aware and tuned into your senses and body signals allows you to recognize when to stop, when to say no, when to say yes, when it's time to make a decision, when it's time to contemplate a decision, when it's time to move forward in life or let go. And this can go on and on and on, right? Or, And even when it comes to simple daily decisions, embodiment is so important because at the end of the day, our life is an accumulation of the decisions that we've made in our lives. So instead of constantly missing opportunities and watching life pass you by, simply because you never learned how to attune to your inner compass, through embodiment, you can begin to actively engage or connect to your life path and purpose. And the eighth and final step in cultivating a sense of connection with life is through connecting to your soul. Now, I said I would move from the outside in, so we have slowly made our way to the innermost core of who you are, which is your soul, 
that existed before it even came into this physical body that you have now. So if you want to feel connected to your life, you have to first connect with the part of you that makes you who you are and keeps you alive. And that's your soul. Because life truly is a mirror that reflects back to you your innermost beliefs and traumas. So by recognizing who you are at your core, completely changes your level of connection to life and you begin to live a more heart-centered life that is rich and fulfilling because every step that you take is in honor of your highest calling and purest essence. So one way to begin to connect to your soul is by cultivating spiritual practices and diving deeper into your essence by moving past traumas, wounds, and fears. So you really are removing the cloud that's keeping you from recognizing who you are at that soul level. Now, because your feelings impact your views on life and how you choose to show up, the most foundational step is how you feel about yourself. So this is what why I keep reiterating the importance of getting to know yourself and that translating into how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the world. And on this whole point, and spirituality, if you want to feel an unshakable sense of purpose, connection, and meaning to life, you need to connect to the source and creator from which you came from. And once you're able to do that, every single point I've touched on in this episode is completely null and void. It's like finding the motherboard of all of your life problems. And through that, you begin to cultivate an entirely outerworldly sense of connection that really can't be put into words because it's self-sustaining, it's infinite, and it's truly all you will ever need. So with that, let's move right into this week's episode prompts. Prompt number one is, what does living a connected life mean to me? Prompt number two, what action steps can I take in order to connect to life more fully? And prompt number three, what activities make me feel the most connected to life? All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this week's topic and it was a nice way of wrapping up last week's topic for you as well. And like always, if you know and love someone that you feel like would benefit from this week's episode, feel free to share it with them. And I wish you guys a beautiful rest of your week and I will connect with you in a future episode.